Hi, this is Jeff. If you have any interest in supporting this podcast, you can visit patreon.com backslash evolving podcast for more information. Thank you. listening to Jeff Grant's Evolving Podcast, a podcast dedicated to being inconsistent. Thank thank you for listening. Today I I have a special guest, Rachel Kay. She is a, I don't know if she would call herself this, but I'm going to call you a goat expert. Is that okay? Okay. (laughs) I think that's okay. Okay. I don't know if it's deserved, but I'll take it. Rachel, uh, is, this is a like phone interview, <laughs> interview, and uh, she's she's up near Memphis, and I'm down around Fort Worth, Texas. I'm in, actually in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, but uh, I was wanting, I was kind of just wanting to talk to some somebody today. I put a today we're on the same Discord channel server or whatever it's called. And I was just like, does anybody want to be on my podcast? And then uh, Rachel responded and we decided we're going to talk talk about goats because she actually knows a lot about goats. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to learn a lot and hopefully you will <laughs> learn a lot. More than you ever wanted to know. <laughs> did, um, okay. Did you... Okay, I was, okay, like... What's your... <laughs> I don't know where to start because I know you have a lot of goat information. <laughs> so is this where I enneagram type the goats? <laughs> oh, don't we can't say the e word. The e word, it's for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. So you like? How did you get into goats? I guess that's what I'm wondering. I know that's. Go ahead. I, yeah. I, go ahead. I'll let you answer. So. Honestly, it's been so long that I kind of forget how how I even got into it. But I kind of have a family history with it. So, like, my grandmother owned goats when she was younger. Then my mom had um, some Lamanja goats when I was a kid. And one of them knocked me out, actually, which explains oh. a lot. And then, <laughs> so, I got started with them. Um, I had a couple of pet goats as, like, a teenager. But then I got my dairy goats in December 2008 and I wanted them for the milk because I like dairy products basically okay (laughs) that was actually one of the questions I was wondering like with what your what you use the goats for kind of like yeah yeah I usually I use them mostly for dairy so I make like goat milk soap and I've made cheese and Nothing too complicated. I've made, like, yogurt and stuff. I've never made an aged cheese yet, mm-hmm. like cheddar or anything, but that's that's mostly what I use them for. I do eat them, too, though, but... You do eat the goats? Yeah. Okay, that was another yeah. thing I was kind of wondering about. We can get into that. That that would be an interesting thing to get into, but we'll, we're going to get into it. Oh, sorry, I'm skipping later. ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, well, I thought I was skipping ahead. I didn't want to go... I want Or, uh... Or you were talking about how you got into goats, like, when yeah. you were younger? 
<laughs> yeah, my first, my first, well, I'm sorry, I cannot talk today. My first goat experience was basically being knocked out by one. <laughs> and it wasn't like, um, it wasn't a malicious thing. I was leaning over looking at something on the concrete. It was like on our, our back porch and it jumped on my back and I could not support the goat weight. So it fell face first into the concrete and ended up passing out. So. <laughs> and you Goats wanted to learn more like immediately or. <laughs> not immediately. I think I was too young, but later on in life, I was like, oh yeah, I like these things. How old did you say you were? You made it. Oh gosh. I think I was like three or four at that okay. point. So I was really young, too young to, to know what was going on. And you, you grew up like on a farm or like in, around farms or something? I, I grew up farm adjacent. Okay. So like we didn't live on a farm. We did have horses, um, but we didn't really get into actual farm animals until I was older. But my dad's side of the family have been farmers for longer than I've been alive. Like he, he, he and his family were pig farmers um, until like I think the 80s. And then after that, they switched to crops, which he did. My dad did with them for a while. And then um, my dad no longer does it. He helps out, like, occasionally. And then eventually they switched to where they still do crops, but some of them also raise quail and pheasants. Um, So it's kind of, like, always been a little bit of a part of my life (laughs) in one way or another. That's really cool. That's interesting. That's like a, I, I read some of this on your, you have a website. Is it your web? Um, was, yes. Okay. Is yeah, it I t- have a blog. Tiramar, or am I saying that right? Yes, that is correct. Tiramar. T-I-R-A-M-A-R? Yeah. And then homestead.com oh. is my blog. Okay. And you kind of talked about like your family on there i'm like today i was telling you like earlier i was like i'm like oh my gosh i don't know anything about ghosts but like i know you like you've written a book about um i'm gonna say the name of your book okay it's called dairy goat reproduction breeding birthing and milking plus goat milk recipes yep okay (laughs) i'm thinking (laughs) I, I'm thinking about like a couple episodes ago. I did an episode with my friend uh, about the office, and we were saying all this like ridiculous. It was like a fake information. It wasn't. It was like improv type thing, and we we're making all this ridiculous stuff. And then like, I'm not saying like this is. I, it's just like a very specific thing. It sounds. Like, I'm like this is real. Like, you you wrote this book. Like, I, I'm, is that? I don't. That sounds mean. I don't mean that in a weird. it's a very specific thing to to write a book about and I'm I was just curious like how that how did you what happened what happened (laughs) what happened um so yeah it is like really specific and um kind of niche but there are other goat books um in existence r slash were and they were more of the like general kind of Um, things you need to know about goats which are like super good books I you know use some of them as references and in the back of my book um, for different 
points of information, but there wasn't really anything specifically on reproduction. So like most books get a chapter um, or maybe two on the reproductive part of goats. Mm -hmm. And that is one, it's the part that interests me a lot or one of the parts that interests me a lot. And two, it's the part that like confuses and terrifies new goat owners all the time. It's like, oh my God, how do I know my goat's pregnant? Uh, how do I know when they're going into labor? What do I do if something goes wrong? And it can all be like really overwhelming. And I've been there because I, so I know, and um, I know how it is to be confused about all of that. So that's what made me want to write about that. And it kind of, it was originally going to be just like a short little ebook. And uh-huh. it got away from me. <laughs> the more I wrote, it just kept growing. And so it ended up being a full, just a full book on it. And I was going to tell people, like, if this is on Amazon, you can order it. Yes, it and is. And I'll, I'll write the, I'll, uh, like, put the title, like, in the description of this episode in case anybody's okay, cool. kind of curious about it. And you, you also have an ebook. I do. Um, I have, so that book's only available in the um, paperback version. Mm-hmm. I have a second ebook that is about um, goat color genetics, which is just another one of those things like, this is interesting to me. And so I wrote That's about cool. it <laughs> specifically about um, the Nigerian dwarf breed color genetics and how the dominance and recession and all that works when you're you're breeding them, what colors you might get in the babies and stuff. It's always fun to me to like sit down and make the little Punnett square of like, okay, this color is the sire, this color is the dam, and this is what the offspring could be. And it's just, it's fun. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, like how, I know you do a lot of writing and everything. I'm just curious, how does, how do you like, Did you, do you want to sit down and write like books about these specific things or like you, like you say, you kind of wanted to write a short ebook and then it got away from you, but I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of curious what the process of that is. I know we're talking about goats, but yeah, that's the part I'm curious about too. It's kind of both. I enjoy so, you know, because you're on on our Discord server, like you said, I like to write fiction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just enjoy the writing process in general, whether it's like poetry or a blog or nonfiction or fiction or whatever it is. And anything that kind of like piques my interest I want to write about. So I've got other ideas of homesteading related books that I've thought about writing too that I just like haven't haven't developed and sat down and done but mm-hmm. maybe someday. <laughs> can you, can, I know you'd probably do this a lot. Can you explain like what homesteading is? I yes. Men- I, I mentioned to somebody today, I was talking to someone who's big into homesteading and they were like, what is, th- what does that mean? And I was like, I don't, I don't know really. I don't- oh, anyway, go ahead. You can answer this <laughs> question. Yeah, no, that's actually kind of like common is like people are like, homesteading. Isn't that what they did in like the old West? And <laughs> kind of. Um, it means something a little bit different to everybody, I think. So some people homesteading means they're like off the grid, living up in the mountains and they like have their spring water and solar power 
or maybe not even any electric and they're doing everything for themselves as much as they can, like full on self-sufficiency. And then for people like me, um, it's kind of like a watered down version of that, but it's basically people who have like some shared core values as far as like wanting to be sustainable, wanting to be self-sufficient as much as possible. Like no man is an Island, so no one can do it all on their own, but um, people like to like have that self-sufficiency to not be consumerist and to like slow down. For me, it's also about the food and for a lot of other people too, it's like, you know, the, the food on the grocery store shelves some of it's good, but a lot of it is just crap. And people want to get away from that. They want to get back to eating like whole foods that, if mm. possible, you raised for yourself. And they want to be sure that the food they're getting meets their values. So like, was it raised ethically? Um, was it raised without like pesticides and stuff like that? So that's a big part of it for most people. Most people want to do it partly to know where their food is coming from. Um, and then also part of it is like slowing down. So modern life is so fast and like, I love technology. I would die without my AC. I love the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are all like really great things. But I think most people know that we, it's too much to a certain extent. Like mm -hmm. everything's too fast, too quick, too convenient. We don't slow down. We're constantly doing something, constantly being stimulated by, you know, TV or radio or whatever. And we're not really, we're disconnected from our lives mm -hmm. and from like the real root of life, which is food and water and like, you know, the, the basic things you need to survive. Someone else does all of that for us. Someone else does all the hard work for us. And so there's like a disconnect between us and our food systems. And I get that not everybody is meant to homestead or farm or anything like that, which is totally fine to each their own. But for some of us, it's like almost a calling to kind of like get back to the roots and mm -hmm. be involved in that again and like slow down a little bit and pay attention to life that's going on and not just what's going on on a screen like where are you like right now like on your homesteading like journey like so right now I've been doing it for 10 years and I've kind of got a bit of homestead burnout which happens the average like time period that people actually have dairy goats um if you look it up it's like three to five years is the average and people get out of them because they're they're not easy to raise they're hard to raise um and it's a lot of hard work. And also it's like the environment where we're raising them isn't really conducive to making it easy because it's not like where they're from. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> going off on a tangent. No, that's fine. But I've kind of gotten a little bit burnt out. So I'm taking a little bit of a step back from that just to kind of like have a little bit of a break. And I'd like to do a little bit more traveling and um, getting back into nature. But I still like... I still care about all of the things that made me start in the first place, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I still carry over those values and it's not something I think I'll ever give up completely. Like I still have a small garden. Um, some of my goats are for sale. I want to downsize, but I still have a few that I'm going to, you know, probably hold on to at least for a while. I still have 
my cow, who's like a big puppy dog that I could never get rid of. Her <laughs> name's Elsie. Um, and I still like, I like to cook from scratch. I say that after eating out today <laughs> while I was running <laughs> right. errands, but nobody's perfect. <laughs> you mentioned your goats and your, your cow, like how many, I was curious, like how many animals you have, like how many goats? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> always ask this and I don't know um (laughs) so I have three cows currently one of them is gonna go off to what we call freezer camp in the fall which just means he's gonna become you know burgers and steaks in the fall um I have like I don't know a dozen or so goats (laughs) I lose (laughs) count of them um and then I have my livestock guardian dogs to keep everybody safe and a innumerable amount of chickens, too many chickens, and my two basset hounds <laughs> and a couple other pet dogs. How much time, like, during, like, a, an average day, does do you, like, how, how much time do you have to take care of, you know, how, how much time do you need to devote to your animals? Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's actually not too bad. It's like... Depending on, you know, what's going on and how much of a hurry I'm in, it can, if I'm in a hurry, it can take like 30 minutes. And then if I'm, you know, just doing a normal pace, probably like an hour or so. But then if I'm milking someone, it takes a lot longer because that process is um, more involved. But I'm not currently milking anyone, so it takes a lot less time. And I did want to add, like like we mentioned earlier, like you were saying he was going to freezer camp. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I was just as someone who doesn't have like animals. Like I, I'm wondering, like I was wondering uh, before I was talking to you today. I was thinking, like, does she? You mentioned that you use the goats for milk, but that all you also for meat. And I, I don't, I don't know. I was just yeah. wondering because I didn't know if you thought of them as like pets or like I don't know. Um, you, you you know what I'm talking about. I'm yeah, I I think I understand because people you know people think oh I I couldn't raise something and know it and then eat it but you have to like and I know some people you know legitimately couldn't when I first started with goats I didn't think I would be able to eat them um, but you have to like you kind of develop an ability to separate okay these ones are pets these are the ones we're going to name the ones that are going to be around. And then these are the ones that are going to be food. And like, for me personally, I feel like my personal belief is that we're omnivores. So I eat meat. So if I'm going to eat meat, then I need to be sure that I'm doing it in like a responsible way where um, I know where it came from, how it was treated, you know, whether uh, what medications it had or didn't have, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I like my meat to not be fed like um, a lot of soy and stuff. I prefer more grass-based, which you can't do that completely with goats. Um, People think goats can eat anything, but they're actually, they're not like lawnmowers. They won't just mow down and pasture like sheep or horses will. They like to browse. Um, So like stuff that's up above their head, they would much rather eat that. Um, But I like to have, you know, meat that's eating what it's meant to be eating the way that it was designed to to work and 
the best way to do that and like actually know for sure where it's coming from and how it was treated is to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I also feel for me personally, it's like if I'm going to eat something, then I should also take part of the responsibility of that thing becoming my food, if that makes sense. Like I, I don't feel like for me, it's okay to just go to a store and let someone else do all the hard parts and then me go and pick up, you know, the disembodied package of meat and, and eat that. I'm not saying that that's like a bad thing because it's not a bad thing to do that either, but it's just like a personal thing for me, if that makes sense. Like not something everybody has to do, but just for me. <laughs> so you, you eat, you, you eat the goats that you raise. Do they like, do does any part of them? I'm just. I'm just wondering. Are, are they sold at all? Like, is is it part of them sold, or is it like do you completely eat like that? Oh, so, so I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't sell any of them because um, I only. So in dairy goats, you want the females obviously because they're the ones that make milk, and you always have too many males born that you don't need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's the excess males that end up getting. Um, weathered is what it's called for goats, but castrated basically. Um, and then they're the ones that end up getting eaten because they don't mm-hmm. really have like that. They don't serve any other purpose than that. Right. And um, I know people think, oh, well, you could sell them as pets. But I've honestly had really bad experiences selling goats as pets because they're a complicated animal. And people think that they're like, oh, this is just like owning a dog, but it's really not. It's a lot a lot more complicated than that. Um, so I just like, I would rather know that my extra goats had a good life, did goat stuff. Um, had a lot of people say like had one bad day (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. that's it rather than selling them, not knowing what's happening to them, how they're being treated. Like I sold, um, I sold a weather once to someone as a companion to their other goat. And they, like a week later, they had lost the goats in the woods, disappeared, which means that something had eaten them or else they had been stolen because goats don't run away. Like they always come back to um, wherever they feel safe at night to their barn or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, that's the last time I'm going to do that. Because if you can't even like keep a goat for a week without losing it in the woods to be eaten by coyotes, then you're not doing too great there. I think I told you one time, like my one of my only really personal goat stories. It was a while ago, probably when I told you. But I was house sitting for my uncle, and they had goats on their land, mm-hmm. and um, they I think it was like eight goats, maybe six or eight goats, something, something like that. And like the night I first stayed over there, um, they the one of the goats had had a baby. No. <laughs> And um, I think my uncle had kind of warned me that it was going to happen. But I remember because, like, I woke up the next morning and I could hear, like, the mo- mother goat. And she was, like, crying. And it was so sad. Like, and I went out and I just saw, like, blood, like, kind of in the field and everything. And, yeah. Um, I think I called my uncle and he kind of let me know that it was, some coyotes probably came in. Oh. Like, smelled the blood or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of like, whoa. I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that definitely can happen. And, like, if you 
so one of the saying is like all livestock eventually becomes dead stock. So you always run into, you know, different things like that. The longer you have them, the more you have them, the more um, random stuff happens. But that's why we have livestock guardians. Cause I've lost in the past, I've lost rabbits and chickens and um, a pet dog, a Pomeranian dog to hmm. like stray dogs. Um, people think that, you know, coyotes and if you're in the right area, bears and mountain lions and stuff would be the worst. And like, they'll eat them too, obviously. And we have coyotes around here that would definitely help themselves to the goat buffet if they could. <laughs> but um, the stray dogs are even worse because they're not afraid of people. There's like no fear there for them. So they'll just come in and like we had one that literally broke into a rabbit hutch. Um, it was a big mastiff and broke into the rabbit hutch and killed the rabbit. So oh, gosh. yeah, I would never be without my livestock guardian dogs. I love them. One of them, um, one night, actually jumped the fence to chase off a coyote, which <laughs> I would rather her not jump the fence because the fence is there to keep them safe, too. But they're oh. super agile and escape artists. So she just jumped right over and chased off the coyote and then came back. I was going to ask, I was like, how did these dogs like fend off the farm? That's interesting. They just chase, <laughs> chase them down. Yeah, like usually they will, um, they'll usually just try to get them away rather than engaging. Mm. Um, some breeds are more likely to engage than others. Like um, Anatolian Shepherds are a little more aggressive in that way. Pyrenees are almost too laid back, um, especially with people. Peers tend to like people. So if you're trying to protect them from like being stolen or something, then Pyrenees may not be the best choice. But usually they just try to like, um, prevent them from coming in in the first place and it's really cool to watch them work actually because like they'll um, oftentimes if you have them working in a pair which is best to have a pair or more depending on your predator levels but they'll like one will stay with the goats and then the other one will go off um, to address the threat or to like just wander the perimeter and kind of like scope out the territory <laughs> mm. and um if they see something like you would not want to be the thing that they were running at barking, <laughs> they, <laughs> they definitely go after it and they're super alert. I had one night, um, I was actually on the discord server in, we were having a voice party and <laughs> the dogs started barking like crazy. I was like, what is going on? So I went outside and they had gotten a possum <laughs> and I had to go out. I was like, okay, no, this possum is not a threat really. So I, um, I rescued the possum. I actually thought it was dead. I thought they had killed it. Um, so I went back inside to get like, um, gloves so I could take it away from them. But it was in fact just playing possum because I went back out and it was gone. So <laughs> it was oh possum's lucky night that I happened to go out and, uh, get it in time for it not to die. Um, if you hear sorry. rustling, that's one of my bass hounds. I'm sorry. I think I just got a text. I was like, what is that? Oh, yeah, I heard your buzz. <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Got a text. Um, it's, okay, so you mentioned, I guess I was wondering as far as like goat milk, like how, 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 how does it compare to like cow milk or I'm just so curious. So it actually, like if it is handled properly, 
um, and it's like kept clean and everything the way it should be. I, I don't taste much of a difference. Um, if you get store-bought goat milk to like sample it, that's not really a good comparison because there are some good brands um, where that I've had where they taste good, but some of them will taste really goaty. And it all has to do with like how the milk is handled and processed because with goat milk, if it's not kept really clean or if it's handled and processed in like a harsh manner, it can get goaty where it kind of tastes the way that a male goat smells, which is to say not good. Mm. (laughs) And if you house your bucks too close to where you milk too, that smell will get in. But if it's done right and like chilled really fast and everything, then it tastes pretty much the same. Um, The composition is different from cow's milk. Some people actually digest goat's milk better than cow's milk. And worldwide, goat's milk is actually consumed more than cow's milk. Um, But the the fat molecules are smaller in goat's milk. So with cow milk, in order for it to be homogenized at the store, it has to go through a process. And I don't understand it completely, but it basically like breaks down the fat molecules from their normal size to be smaller. So they stay um, distributed through the milk instead of having to be um, shaken back in in the morning. But goat milk just has naturally smaller fat molecules so they stay distributed on their own it will separate a little bit where you'll get a little bit of the cream on top if it sits long enough but it mostly stays together Um, and then it also like has different levels of fats and proteins as well and that can vary based on the breed so like nigerian dwarfs the average butter fat content is six percent whereas if you're buying like cow milk at the store it's usually um, like 4% if you're getting whole milk or, you know, you can get like skim or 2% as well. Um, some of the larger breeds have less butter fat percentage and it's more comparable to cow milk um, with like 4% being the average. But um, those are the major differences. Which, what do you have, uh, like what breed do you have of goats? So I have um, Nigerian Dwarf. They are um, from, they originate in the continent of Africa. And um, they're like a small goat. So they have less milk quantity than the larger breeds, but higher butterfat percentage. And um, they're smaller. So a lot of people find that like a little bit easier to manage. I do also have a couple of La Manches, but I... As much as I love La Manches, I haven't had as good of luck with them as I have with the Nigerians. So I just um, ended up sticking with the Nigerians instead. I don't think I realized um, there are different that there were different. I knew uh, it makes sense that there are different breeds, but I didn't realize there. Are, it's like three hundred breeds, or something. is that right? I don't know how I many. I think I read that are, on like, like Wikipedia. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know how many if you did like worldwide because it's it's really cool there's like breeds in other countries that we don't have here mm-hmm. um that are really different from what we have um and i don't know like if you included the meat breeds as well so in in um north america the ones you can mostly find are let's see if i remember them all i'll probably forget some um <laughs> like alpine toggenberg nubian um, La Mancha, Sonnen, Nigerian Dwarf, um, 
what am I forgetting? Sable, which is actually just a sonnen, but with color. And I think Oberhosley. I'm forgetting Oberhosley. Oh Those yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, Oberhosley. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, and I don't remember if I said La Mancha. I probably you, did. You did. Cause okay. <laughs> I remembered La Mancha because I wrote La Ma- or uh, I took your or I went. <laughs> you have a blog on your website. And I was yeah. mentioning that you have one like a blog entry that's a, it's titled uh, "What Your Favorite Goat Breed Says About You." And yeah. uh, <laughs> I yeah, was worried talking different. about it would be too much, like like talking about the uh, the enneagram, <laughs> <laughs> the forbidden but, word. <laughs> yeah, but I think I was I was like I think I'm a La, Ma- La Mancha or gold. <laughs> Golden Guernsey? Oh, the Golden Guernsey? Yeah, that one's actually new. Um, it It's being imported slash has been imported from Europe. I don't remember specifically where, but it's a European breed um, that we've been imported. Most of our goats are originally European. So they're called, um, what do they call them? Okay, well, I just had a complete (laughs) brain fart. I lost the word I was going to say. But anyway, the ones from uh, Europe are like the Alpines, Toggenbergs, Oberhosleys, Sonnens. Um, They're all from Europe originally and the Golden Guernsey. And then Nigerian dwarfs and Nubians originated in Africa. Um, And then with the meat breeds, boars originated in Africa as well. And the La Mancha is actually the only one that was developed in North America. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to remember what the La Mancha, what the description you wrote. It's really funny. If y'all want to read a funny (laughs) blog about uh, goats, I'm assuming you meant it to be funny. I hope I wasn't just... I did, yes. Okay, because it was very, it it reminded me of... I know you're interested in personality types. I won't go any further. (laughs) Who would have ever thought? (laughs) Um, I don't know what gave you that idea. Again, her website is tiramarhomestead.com? Yeah. Okay. And she has a lot of, like, blogs about this kind of stuff. Um, I need to update my blog, actually. I haven't blogged in a while. (laughs) Being bad. I think that one was from, like... March of 2018. I don't know. I don't even know if that's right. I feel like I read that and no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sounds right. <laughs> right enough. I don't know why. Okay. Um, what else? Okay. Yeah, La Manches are the ones um, people think, like, if they're not familiar with goats, they'll think that you cut their ears off or, like, oh, was this, do- was this goat attacked by a dog or something? But they just have naturally really tiny ears. And they're called either gopher ears, which is where they're less than an inch long, um, or elf ears, which they can be up to like, I think it's up to two inches long for elf ears and still be in the standard. Um, uh, okay. Uh, I was curious, <laughs> I was going on your website again and it said that you do, you speak at different events sometimes or you're available for Yes. Um, I was like wondering what kind of, what, what do you do your speeches and your presentations about? I kind of just do whatever people ask me to do. 
Um, I did a conference that I hosted here um, in the Memphis area for three years on homesteading. And I would have like different speakers come and talk about different topics regarding gardening and raising animals and stuff like that. Um, that's super hard to do. And so after the third year, I was like, okay, I, I cannot do this again. So I stopped hosting it, but I have, um, I have a friend who does one in Cookville, Tennessee. It's called the great Appalachian homesteading conference. And she is like a spitfire. So she does such a good job outshines anything I ever did. <laughs> um, I'm really glad I met her, but I go up there. Um, the last, I believe it's been the last four years I've gone and and taught different classes and I just do whatever she asked me. So this year I did dairy goat reproduction, um, which was the topic of my book in the past. I've done like how to choose what type of livestock is right for you. Cause they all have their own unique challenges and um, also benefits and not everyone is crazy enough to actually want to have some of each like I am. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a fun one. I've talked about essential oils and I forget what I did the first year. Actually, it's been too long. I don't know what I did it on, but it's, it's always fun to go up there and, and do my class and then walk around and listen to everyone else's classes. What kind of what what are the other people talking about at those kind of like a homesteading conference? Uh, so this year, um, she had let's see, she had gardening classes. Um, she had uh, like a survival class, like emergency preparedness kind of class. Hmm. Um, I believe she had one on raising animals for meat. Um, she had one on Cherokee history, which was really interesting. And uh, she had soap making. So she has a bunch of different ones. She had one about livestock guardian dogs. And she also had um, another goat person who came in and talked about parasites because parasites, internal parasites, are the biggest killer of goats in, um, well, basically everywhere. But especially in like, so goats either come from the mountains or from the desert. And so when you stick them in like a warm, humid climate, which a lot of the United States is, especially in like the Southeast, um, that's just prime parasite territory. The, it's, um, the barber pole worm is what it's called. That's the worst one. There are other ones they can get to. The scientific name is like, homonchus contortus i'm probably mispronouncing that very badly but they just run rampant when it's warm and moist and we have a lot of problems now with resistance to deworming medications um, i've struggled with that in my herd so you'll deworm them and the parasites are resistant to it what has happened is because we've had to deworm for so many years and also people have dewormed incorrectly, like underdosing or deworming when the goats didn't really need it, stuff like that. Um, every time you deworm the goat, some of the parasites survive. So even if you kill most of them, there are a few left behind. You can never have them completely parasite free. And then those, obviously the survivors are the ones that breed. 
so what you're doing is you're basically selectively breeding your parasites to be resistant to the medicine you're using. So now a lot of parasites um, aren't killed by the deworming medication that we have available because they've developed that resistance to it. So managing parasites can be really difficult. And it's like, I would say that's the most challenging part of raising goats is just keeping the parasites under control, especially like if you have a low number of goats, like you just have a few, like three or four, or you have a really good rotational system, like a lot of land where you can rotate really well, stuff like that, you'll have less problems. But if you have a higher density and you've had them on the same land for a long time and, and stuff like that, it gets, it gets really challenging. Okay. What do you, I, I don't know if you were wanting to talk about this or not, or it's, I was wondering what, what like your day job is or what I think, oh. I, I think you mentioned recently you'd gotten a new job. I didn't know if you I did. Yeah. <laughs> so my, um, my day job was slash is, um, the first one is a sales supervisor for a cable company. Um, so I like help, basically I help newer agents come, they come to my room. I work online, um, at home for that job. So it's like all virtual, but they'll come into my little internet room and I'll help them know what to help their customer with and how to do it with the system because the system's kind of challenging. So that's job number one. And then I did recently get a new job, which I start this Monday and I'm really oh. excited about. And that is going to be um, non-medical in-home care for seniors. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I have dogs, <laughs> dogs barking. I don't know if you can hear that, but <laughs> um, so what I'll be doing is going into the client's home and like, just helping them with their daily activities, like light housekeeping, light meal preparation, um, helping them, you know, get to and from different places and stuff like that. Just kind mm -hmm. of, kind of helping, basically helping seniors stay in their home longer. Um, cause you know, these days a lot of people can't like they work, so they can't take care of mm -hmm. their parents when they, when they need a little bit extra, but don't want them to have to go in a facility. So that's like kind of where we come in to help them be able to stay at home. That sounds like a, a tough job or, uh, or it, it's almost like a, how is that not a, like a full-time thing? <laughs> that, that... So there, um, both my jobs are, are part-time hours. So I'm hoping I'm going to be able to keep both of them, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I haven't started the second one yet, but, I think it's going to be challenging. It's not something I've ever done before, mm -hmm. but I'm also really looking forward to doing something that is like going to be helpful to others. Like a service and type yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Like meaningful work basically. Right. Rather than helping people buy cable. That's not, <laughs> that's not very meaningful. I'm sure the cable companies would disagree with me, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you, is, is a uh, La La Land your favorite movie now? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I can't say that it's my favorite, but I did like it. We, we, Rachel and I, and a, <laughs> some other friends, we watched La La Land on, I don't, 
If, if you don't know, if people listening to this don't know what rabbit rabbit is, it's an interesting. Like I love rabbit. You can like stream movies uh, on the internet and watch them with your friends, and you can like chat about it. We're like, so we watched a La La Land because it was like streaming on Amazon. Yeah. And we were just talking I, the whole time, like, oh, this is a cool song. Oh, yeah. Really. <laughs> it's so much fun. I force my boyfriend to watch movies with me on it, too. And it's like, it's nice because you get to partake in a shared activity, even though, like, let's see, everyone who was there, you were in Texas. I'm in Tennessee. Um, Brittany is in Arkansas. And Tim is in Illinois, I think. Yeah. So we're, like, all over the place. But we still get to do this, like, at the same time and talk about it. It's fun. It's pretty fun. It's like, it's one of those things where like, I remember when someone was talking about it at first, I was, I thought it was going to be like a more complicated than it is. Like, it sounds yeah. like one of those like things where you're like, what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's it's cool if you have friends who like kind of live far away and you want to, you can watch a movie or TV or, you know, so much stuff you can stream these days or like you can just watch YouTube or, or whatever. Yeah, pretty much yeah, cool. if it streams online, you can stream it through Rabbit. And it's even easier if you get the Google extension. Sometimes going through Rabbit's website doesn't work too well, but if you get the extension um, and turn on, I haven't had any problems with that. Maybe I need to download that because it took a while the other night. I know we're not talking about yeah. goats right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I, was gonna, I was like, I'm going to throw her off and ask her like point blank, like, did you like La La Land? Or <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I am open for almost any topic except for the E-word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if we should explain that to people who don't know what we're talking about. I, I think we should because we should plug yeah. Shauna's yes. podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do it or should I? Uh, we'll both. Uh, Rachel and I know each other because we both follow the same person on twitch shauna for lunch is the name her name that's not her that real is name her full name <laughs> that's her born name uh birth name and um she has a discord server and we that's kind of where we all talk a lot it's pretty lively like very lively there's usually people talking um and then going off and watching movies or whatever but uh shauna is she she's Correct me if I'm saying this. I think if I'm not saying this right, um, <laughs> she wants to do a podcast where she talks to different people in the community there, and she and Rachel are big fans of the Enneagram. Yes. And um, which is a personality typing system. Um, so, if you're not familiar. Yeah, and or, or this morning, or what was it? This was last night. I can't remember. You and I were talking on Discord of like, you had been like, what, what? I was like, what? I was basically like, does anyone want to be on my podcast? And you were like, sure, I'll be on it. I was like, what are we going to talk about? You said, <laughs> the Enneagram. And I was like, oh, cool. And then, uh, anyway, I didn't realize that that was, y'all were kind of going to already talk about that. Yeah, so I had forgotten too. I should have remembered, but. If, if you. So we're going to say if you're listening to this and you're enjoying hearing Rachel's thoughts about goats and you're curious what she might think about Enneagrams, <laughs> <About> humans, <laughs> um, then I believe you need, it's a Patreon 
podcast. So you'd need to subscribe to Shauna's or uh, yeah, you should definitely go subscribe to her Patreon. Yeah, I wanted to tell people to do this to find out more information. Yes, and then eventually, whenever that that pod com- pod- podcast comes out, then you can hear our thoughts on Beanagram. Yeah, I got like really. Um, I don't. Whenever she mentioned that she, I was like kind of stealing her idea. I was like, oh no, I, I forgot. I forgot oh. she, she mentioned that because I was like just talking, kind of going around like, we could, you, hey you, let's talk about this thing. Hey, you. <laughs> That's kind of her <laughs> thing. But anyway, it's fine. It's okay. I mean, people have like the same idea at different times sometimes. So it happens. Yeah. And y'all have very different personalities too. So it's going to be two very different podcasts, I'm sure. Yeah, I was like, is it okay if I talk about goats? And she was like, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I think she has no interest in goats. <laughs> and I was like, I know a little bit about goats. I, I don't. You anyway, know what a goat is. I have seen a goat. <laughs> I'm trying to think of if, there's, if I have any more goat-related questions. Oh, one thing I was going to ask back to goats. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's a answer to this exactly but like when you talk to people who don't know much about goats like what are like common misconceptions like i don't know if people have conceptions <laughs> there of are goats. so many <laughs> they do they really do um so a lot of people think goats can eat anything that they'll just like yeah. to go eat a tin can they definitely can't they have really sensitive um digestive systems actually so they definitely can't eat anything they won't mow your lawn. They, they will eat your, like, your hydrangeas and the things you don't want them to eat. They will definitely do that. But they won't actually keep your grass cut short because they like, they like a lot of variety. They don't like to just sit and graze. They like to walk around and nibble this and that. Um, let's see. A lot of people – so one time I was at a scrapbooking retreat, and somehow the fact that I have goats came up, and this lady said – well, I never understood why anyone would want a goat, and I was highly offended, but I didn't, <laughs> didn't say anything to her. But a lot of people think that they're, like, these nasty, ornery creatures, and they can be really ornery. And, like, I mean, the male goats do pee on themselves, so we have to, you know, we have to admit that the males can be kind of gross. But in general, they're, like, a very clean um, animal, very, I guess, normal is the right word. Like, they're not... They're not disgusting or anything like that. They're not billy goat gruff. Um, they're actually quite sweet. <laughs> and I think, uh, is there anything else? I think that's about it as far as the misconceptions I've heard, I think. No, it's a hot topic. Like, everyone's got <laughs> this, like, <laughs> these, like... <laughs> these preconceived goat notions. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think of... I feel like we covered a lot of stuff. Like this is more, this is like a more dense episode than I usually have. Oh, I think good, I guess. Good or bad? (laughs) No, that's good. No, um, I think, I think because like Rachel and I hadn't, we've like, uh, we've typed at each other and (laughs) we've like, uh, I think I've seen her, I watched her streams on Twitch where she'll like draw or uh, oh, do, yeah, do different things. So we, like I've heard her talk before, and I've, and I've seen her talk or whatever. 
but we've never like actually talked at the same time to each other. So it's kind of, we're, I think we're, I feel coming into this, I was like kind of nervous, like, Oh my God. I don't fight. <laughs> Usually. It's not a big deal. It's just a <laughs> different thing. Yeah. I, I realized that you were the first person I had on my podcast that I don't like know, or I haven't met in real life basically. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. So it's kind of exciting, kind of. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that's oh. kind of a milestone, I think. Yeah. And this is this is episode 40, so that's kind of cool. Oh, wow. You know 40 people? <laughs> or have uh, you just not had guests the whole time? Actually, no. <laughs> uh, no, not all. Not all the episodes have had guests. I, re- I did, like, 10 episodes, or about 10 episodes, mostly by myself, and... I realized I was like, I think these are better when I'm actually talking to somebody. They're more. I, I think, think they're more fun the to listen to. Back and forth, yeah, is good. Yeah. Usually. Um, I don't. I don't. We might be d- done. I guess. And I'm trying to think of any last things to say about goats. <laughs> I already asked you about La La Land. <laughs> Confused you. Um, Would La La Land have been improved with the inclusion <laughs> of goats? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> La La Land is like one of those um I don't know. I have I'm like a big movie person and I have like movies and TV that like that kind of stuff and La La Land is like on this list of things like I if I I have to be careful when I start talking about it cuz I'll just I feel like I'll get real <laughs> annoying like real fast like about how much I like it. <laughs> I so I mean, I, I think it's fun to listen to people talk about stuff that they like a lot i have to say it was very well done visually like the way that the shots were set up and stuff i think was my favorite part of the movie that's a good i'm happy that you like i'm happy that you enjoyed some of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm sorry my dog is whining she's probably ruining the podcast you're ruining the podcast kit stop <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll go ahead. I, I'll let you go so you can get to your okay. dogs. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna hit stop on the recorder real quick, and I'll, I'll still okay. be here. But oh, goodbye, people listening. Yes, goodbye. This is a very listeners. formal uh, and yeah podcast. Okay, all right. Thanks for listening. All right, bye.